Hey friends, welcome to Faith Coffee and a Kid. This is your host, Cherie, and I want to say Happy New Year. I know it's almost the end of the month now, but Happy 2023. I hope you had a wonderful start to the new year. I hope this month has just been fabulous for you, and I hope the year continues to be that way. I can't believe it's already the end of January. Um, I have taken a bit of a hiatus. I was with my family in December for Christmas. And, um, you know, this year was really different because we lost my father back in October, on October 9th. And, you know, the holidays were not easy. I'll say that. Um, But Christmas wasn't as bad as I thought. It's really interesting. um, The things that you expect to be like just unbearable. And yes, there were unbearable moments, but there was also a sense of gratitude for the family that my father, you know, created and who through him encouraged us to be, right? That strength and that love for one another and just that kind of, um, you know, holding each other up in really what is the unbearable. So I had to take some time off, to be honest with you, and just kind of walk through this grief or crawl through it, because that's kind of where I'm at. There are good days. There's really bad days. There's days where um, I feel bad for not feeling, uh, you know, the overwhelming grief sometimes because I feel like I should. And then there's times where, you know, like yesterday I was listening to a podcast and the person was interviewing these two men who were Marines. And all of a sudden, like just hearing them, my dad was a Marine and I just, I broke down, you know, and um, they were just lovely men. And I just thought about my dad and the grit and determination and strength and faith that he had. And like, he never complained. And I just thought of him as a young man, you know, and how life just kind of takes you through these different um, channels, right? And so it's interesting what will make you kind of uh, lose it right? And then it's interesting on another end of like, there are things that I do now that I didn't really do before that make me feel closer to my father. So my dad was really big into politics and just a really, he was like such a super intellectual, like he could talk about anything. I would say like he knew a little bit about everything. And, you know, I've been uh, going to these book readings at a great bookstore. If you live in the DMV area, the DC metro area, there's a bookstore called uh, Prose and Politics. Politics and Prose. Yes, Politics and Prose. And it is this great bookstore. And they have some really fabulous um, literary events that I have been attending. And one was on Shirley Chisholm, one was on like the Reconstruction period. And like, I just wanted to like call my dad and talk about it. But it's funny. um, Yeah, like I've been really diving into history lately and politics and listening to C-SPAN. And for some reason, it just makes me feel like he's here. It's really strange. But I'm in this kind of place where I have grief that is kind of wrapped up with gratitude. Um, So, you know, I'm trying to Uh, move on. Well, not, I guess you never really move on. Right. But like trying to just live day by day and taking whatever the day is going to be and working with it. Um, but I missed you all. And I do want to continue with the podcast because I love talking as you know, and I've had some fun things that have happened to me too. Um, I'm actually a quarterly writer for daughter of delight. And if you haven't 
Daughter of Delight is um, on Instagram, okay? And I'll put the show, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's a collection of different women writing devotionals and that are put up every day. So mine actually are posted on Saturday. And it's interesting because I haven't felt like really, I don't know, I've had moments again, like where I'm like, okay, I want to write. And I, I wrote a piece, and this is the other good news, um, I wrote a piece about my dad that I'll also post in the show notes, and I sent it to a few publications. And a great online magazine called Faith on Every Corner published it. And then they asked me to be a monthly contributor because I guess it did well. It was the most viewed article in December. And so I, I just love that, not you know for my own accolades or anything, but just that people... Um, saw the love that I showed that I feel for my dad through that that particular article. So it's entitled uh, Lessons My Father's Suffering Taught Me. So yeah, so I mean, there are, you know, it's funny, there are blessings in all of this. Um, I think it's pushing me in different ways to um, act on things now, you know, um, because life is fleeting and we're only here for a short, oper- you know, for a short time even if it's a long time. And my dad really taught me that, you know, make the most out of every day. You know, he was really joyful and happy and he didn't complain and he had a positive outlook and it was faithful. And, you know, I've, I I think about that when I just don't feel like moving. Right. And it has inspired me in some ways to write more And he always said, you know, before he passed, he's like, you need to write a book about, you need to write about me, your mom and your brother and Anya, my daughter, you know, and um, I don't know, maybe I will do that. I I think I parlayed into it a little bit with that article. But today I want to talk a little bit about judgment. Um, You know, it's interesting. I feel like we live in this world now where (laughs) there's a lot of judgment right? Um, I was actually creating a devotional for Daughter of Delight, and I wanted to write about that. So I did a little research, and a recent poll of 3,119 adults conducted in 2021 by the Episcopal Church, it was entitled Jesus in America, it found that 54% of those with no religious affiliation described Christians as judgmental. And 55% said we were hypocrites. 50% said we were self-righteous. And I just found that so disheartening. Um, But then again, I wasn't surprised either. And I hate saying that, you know. Um, I, I think that judgment and these days seem really, seems really rampant, right? Like not just within the Christian community, but um, outside of the Christian community. I think we are quick to judge one another, to cancel each other, to really have an intolerance to hear different people's views and viewpoints. And it's disheartening, right? Um, because if we position our heart in a seat of judgment, then we can't be effective for the kingdom of God. And I think we've lost a certain type of fellowship with one another, right? And as Christians, you know, we have, we're big on fellowship, right? We go to church together. 
we fellowship after, we have Bible studies on Wednesdays and Sundays and Sunday school. And, you know, we have these conferences and women's events and different types of things, youth groups. So we understand the importance of fellowship amongst one another. However, I find that we don't extend that to people that maybe we don't know, right? Or who don't hold our views. And so we can be kind of isolated in these Christian walls that we build up. And even within the Christian community, you know, I, <laughs> I've i noticed that. And I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. But like, you know, I was listening on a, uh, I, w- I put it this way, I was in a group listening to um, kind of like a Bible study. And someone had had mentioned that, you know, we need to make sure that we are gathering in person and that online is okay, but that's not really the way it's supposed to be. And I definitely found value in what she was saying, because I do think there's something important about being in person with one another, because you're able to really see somebody, right? Like um, you're able to feel kind of like the energy that's going on there. However, I know for myself There are days, you know, with going through grief that I have had a hard time just getting up, you know, like just getting a shower and getting dressed or, you know, and being online and listening to sermons or, you know, being able to attend church online, I think that's been a blessing, you know, because we have to take into account that not everybody has the same um, capabilities to just get past certain things, right? Like they don't have that certain willpower or or to get up and just go when they feel like they can't, right? Or maybe they're sick. Like there's so many reasons why people sometimes don't attend church. And like, you know, there are days that I didn't go to church um, and I listened online because to be honest with you, I just couldn't deal with um, when my dad passed away, like just and people are so well-meaning, like, hi, how are you? And are you okay? And giving you that look. And and you know what? You're you're going in and you were okay. And then all of a sudden you're leaving and like the heaviness of that um, is difficult, right? And so I found myself finding comfort sometimes just listening online. But there was a judgment to that. And I thought, you know, isn't it better though that people hear the word instead of not right? Like, I don't think God, I'm, I'm not saying that I, sure, I do believe God wants us to go to church and because that's our church family and the word is being preached. But I think that we have a God who is compassionate and understanding and I think flexible too, right? Like, I'm, and I'm not saying, I'm not talking about sin or, but I'm talking about the fact that God gives us grace and we need to give each other a little more grace, you know? Um, I think that we do a big disservice when especially Christians are coming off as judgmental. You know, those numbers say a lot. They say a lot. And I think that with our political um, climate right now, too, that there is a lot of factors there that have already isolated the Christian community um, that has put some stereotypes, right, and labels on us. We haven't come out looking so good these days, right? And 
I don't really want to get into politics because that's not what this is about. This is more about looking at our Christian heart, our Christian walk, um, our responsibility as Christians on how to be inclusive of others, right? And so I think about Jesus, and Jesus was really clear, sorry about that beeping, um, about his stance on judgment. In Matthew 7, 1 through 2, he tells us, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And sometimes I think we confuse discernment with judgment, right? Because we're to train ourselves to distinguish between good and evil. And Hebrews 5.14 tells us, right? And we are to flee from that which leads us to sin. And you can read about that in James 4.7. But judgment is for the one sovereign God who is the judge of all. We do not have to agree with someone. We do not have to partake in the um, you know, activities that we don't agree with. We don't have to agree with their political views, but we can show love, right? And love does not come through this kind of ostracizing, you know? Um, I think we have stopped listening to one another to the point that it is it is so damaging, right? I think it's damaging in our circles. I think it's damaging to the world at large. I think it's damaging within our churches because I think within the church too, there have been some really huge divides within. I mean, I think there's always been some divides, but I think within the last few years, um, you really see those divides crystal clear. And when we judge, we have to remember that we have one who is judging us, right? And when you think about it, none of us are perfect. All of us are sinners. You know, it's only by the grace of God and um, God's grace that he gave his son to save us, to give us eternal life, to give us forgiveness. And so when you think about it like that, like how are we, you know, when you look at forgiveness, right? I mean, I think that, I wanted to tie this in, but like if we are unable to forgive somebody for something they said, right? I mean, and it's funny, it's not even sometimes people we really know well, right? Like we end up um, labeling a whole group of people over a statement that someone in that group said. And that's dangerous to me, right? Because then you are starting to group people together and you are not looking at individuals as individuals, you know, I think about how Jesus didn't even come to condemn, right? Jesus came to save and not condemn. And we're told that in John three seventeen. And I think sometimes we take on this role as the condemner, and that's not our role. That's not our role at all. Um, you know, and, and there's this kind of I think sometimes we we stop reflecting, like we stop self-reflection, we stop that self-examination. You know, in John 8, 11, we're told the story of the woman who committed adultery, right? And how all these men were just going to stone this poor woman, right? And Jesus didn't join in by yelling and calling her a sinner and, you know, let's get her. I mean, he didn't do that at all. Um, Instead, not saying that he condoned what she did, right? Uh, Sin is sin. 
But he did something that I think is so key in our everyday life that we need to think about. He said, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. One by one, each man dropped their stone and walked away. I love that story. Okay. Because I think we have all been that woman, maybe not a woman who's committing adultery, but we have all been that woman where we have done something that we're not proud of, right? That we um, maybe have been shunned or, you know, kind of set aside because of whatever, you know, maybe you had a child and wasn't married. I mean, or like me, <laughs> um, or or maybe you work in a, perf- I mean, who knows, whatever it is, I think we have all done something that we're not particularly proud of that people may have found out about. And, you know, that feeling of like isolation is awful. And then when people are condemning you, um, you kind of feel like you're just at the bottom of the barrel. But what Jesus does, and this is why we are so blessed to have Jesus as our savior, is that he doesn't condemn us, he saves us. And so when we are looking at folks and we're making these judgments and, and you know, really quick to condemn, and I think we've, again, I think we're human. I think it's really easy, especially nowadays, to do this to not understand a view that seems so egregious. And again, I'm not saying that you have to agree with it, right? But it is not our place to condemn. We can speak our truth, right? But I think there is a way to do that without um, without this condemnation that just isolates us more. So before we start throwing stones, I think we have to ask ourselves a few things. One is, are we paying attention to the log in our own eye? You know, and Matthew 7, 3, 5 talks about that. Like before we start, um, you know, throwing stones and, you know, what about the log in our own eye? Let's have some self-reflection, right? Because often our judgment stems from wanting to ignore our own sins. We, have you ever heard someone say, well, you know, I, I, you know, I can say this, I'm not great, but at least I'm not doing that. I'm not that bad, right? Um, and it's a way to kind of give yourself a pass when you're judging somebody else. The other thing is, will your judgment cause a stumbling block between you and the person you are judging? Judgment is the catalyst for isolation inside and outside the church. You know, words matter, right? Words matter. And as we know, our tongue is one of those things. It's the smallest member of our body, but it can light a fire, right? It's like gasoline. Like it can light a fire and just scorch everything in its way. And that's that's one of the things that I, I, I think about a lot, right? Because um, as a mom, you know, like I think this, just like in our own families, how this happens You know, we look at our kids and we have a certain idea of the way we think they should be, you know, and it's not maybe out of um, like this, you need to be perfect thing. It's not that we want the best for our kids, right? We don't want them to make the same mistakes as we do. And so when we see something, we say something. Um, And having a teen daughter, I'm really starting to realize, especially like in high school and with like homework and things like that, like... I have to really think before I speak because 
I can hurt her feelings really easily, right? And I'm not trying to, but I'm saying something and in her eyes, she's not looking at it as like, oh, this is constructive advice. (laughs) She's looking at it like my mom is judging me. My mom is condemning me. My mom thinks that like I'm not doing my best and I'm not living up to her standards. And so I have to think back about when I was a teen, you know, and honestly, my daughter's a saint compared to what I was. Um, not that I was like a really bad kid, but I'm just saying like she's much uh, more grounded than I was and much more mature. But if I judge her, if I continue to uh, make comments that, you know, hurt her feelings or make her feel like I'm condemning her, I am putting up that stumbling block, right? I'm not being that wise woman who is building my home on the foundation of the principles of of God who says, thou shalt not judge. Instead, I'm putting up a stumbling block and making the house crumble bit by bit. I think we do this in church as well, right? Um, You know, I think we've all been hurt. And, you know, the church is a family, right? And families get into it with each other. They say things that are not nice and they don't mean, but they usually come back together and they reconcile. Um, But there are some hurts. Once you put that out there, it is very difficult to build up that trust again. And so before we speak, I think in, in judgment, we need to think about, you know, are we doing this in love, right? Like, how are we saying this to somebody? Is it going to build a stumbling block? Is it going to make them stumble, you know? And I think a lot of that comes from just, again, self-examination of our motivation of why. Because, again, discernment and judgment are two different things, right? And I think that we are supposed to, if we see our sister stumbling, yes, we are supposed to talk to her. We are supposed to try to um, steer her in the right way. But we're supposed to do that with love, right? And judgment oftentimes, is, it, it's not out of love. It's not. It's, it's, out of a, it's out of a different place. And it comes from a lot of different places. Like I said, maybe it's um, from that place of, you know, I, I don't want to self-condemn, so I'm going to condemn someone else. Or maybe it's a place coming from a place of jealousy or just a, a critical spirit. But we need to do some self-examination to think about why. Um, the other thing is to think about, are you fulfilling God's law by loving your neighbor as yourself? You know, and that is serious because God says that is, you know, we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. That is a great commandment. And nowadays, I think that we see people through the other lens, Right. Like when we are talking about um, folks who don't look like us, folks who are, you know, coming into the United States, right? And there's a big, obviously, like there's so much debate about immigration right now, you know? And I, I, I understand concerns completely. Um, but I think that we need to look at this through a Christian view as well and just in our interactions with people. And are we looking at people through that lens of other? Because if you do that, then that's not showing love for your neighbor, right? That's not showing love for your neighbor. That's showing contempt for your neighbor. That's showing you're different from me. So I'm going to push you aside and act like you're really, you know, kind of just 
you're just not in my circle, right? And I, I think that that's one of the biggest problems in our world right now is that we look through the lens of not this is our neighbor, but this is that other person, right? This is that person who's different from me and I'm going to judge what they're doing and I'm going to condemn them and not look at maybe, um, you know, reasoning behind actions or, you know, I think there's a lot of, we don't look with, we're not looking at each other these days, I think, with the compassion that we need in this world. Um, And that's unfortunate. I think we are seeing the results of that. When you look at violence, when you look at, you know, when we look at violence in society, I mean, there's definitely social factors that that lead to that. But I, I mean, those social factors, right? Like if we are talking about crime and things like that, I think the church, I think that we have a responsibility in our communities and outside of our communities to show love to people. I'm not saying to be a doormat and I'm not saying, you know, to not be smart about, you know, your surroundings and not being careful. But like, I do think that we need to think about um, that this is a systemic problem, right? It's not something that just came out of nowhere. And so it's important to really um, stop looking at each other as others and instead look at each other as the neighbor, right? As someone who God created. Um, you know, I as a, <laughs> I used to, well, in my blog, I remember I did a post on this and it was, it was about, um, co-parenting and the difficulties that can come through that. And the, you know, the high emotions of, you know, divorcing someone and then having to raise a child with them. And you can just be so blinded, right? Like you can just be so blinded by anger and all of that, that you stop looking at that person as someone God created. And I think if you can look at people as, you know, God loves them, regardless, regardless, God loves them, like it can soften your heart. And I think that's what we need when we, th- we think about judgment is that we have to have a softened and not hardened heart. Um, and the last thing before we throw our stones, I would say, is do you not trust God to be sovereign? Sovereign, You know, there's no need for us to take on God's job, right? Jo- God's not we we do not need to take God's job of judging folks, right? We will all have a judgment day. Every knee will bow, you know, and we have to remember that um that it's not our job to be the judge and jury here, you know? And so we should leave the judgment to the Lord and instead lead with love. And I think if we can do that, you know, I think that not only will we become better representatives of Jesus, right? Um, it, it will be one of those things that I think catch on, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that when you lead with love, it is very hard for people to not show a little love back, right? Eventually. Some people don't do it right away, but but people will. And I think that we just have to think about how would Jesus react, you know? Jesus didn't push away the sinners, right? Instead, he gathered them. He gathered them together in his love. Um, He didn't, you know, push away the prostitutes, the tax collectors, um, 
you know, I mean, think about it. He, he gave self, like when he was on the cross, I mean, here is somebody who was on the cross next to him, who was a thief and Jesus showed him compassion. Um, there's tons and tons of, um, examples of this in scripture. And what I think about is, you know, the woman at the well, right? If Jesus would have shunned her, just think, all those people that she then spoke to would never have come to Jesus, most likely. Jesus offered, she offered, or he asked for a glass of water. She gave it to him. And through that invitation, he opened up a different life for her. He transit, he transformed her life. Um, he didn't go to her and judge her and say, you awful, awful, like, you know, woman who's been married five times. No, he didn't do that at all. Instead, he, he spoke to her in a way that was able to um, transform her life. And in turn, she went out, spread the word about Jesus, and people were able to follow him. That's the message of the gospel right there, right? Is going out and spreading the good news. And I think when we extend that invitation to the people that we see as others, right? Um, when we extend that invitation beyond those Christian walls that feel so comfortable, we are, we are doing the work of God. We are doing the work of Jesus. We are disciples. Those are, you know, the disciples went out, right? That's what I think we are supposed to do. So I just wanted to hop on and talk about that because I, you know, I think from watching like C-SPAN and just a lot of different things and, and writing these devotionals, um, I'm thinking about different um, issues, especially in the church. And I feel like judgment is just, it really is one of those that are, that are so, um, it's not peacemaking, it's peace breaking, right? And, you know, we're supposed to be that light that shines in this world that we so need desperately right now, you know, and there's no quicker way than to put that light out than to be judgmental and condemning and making people, um, you know, keep you at arm's distance. And again, it's not that you're embracing sin or embracing a lifestyle, but it is about showing others love the way Jesus did. So I hope you enjoyed this first podcast of, or this first episode of January. I am going to try to be on much more. And I just appreciate everyone who's listened throughout the few years that I've been doing this. I will put those links in the, um, in the show notes for Daughter of Delight. So you can read some of the work that I've done. Um, again, those are on Saturday. And also the Faith on Every Corner which comes out the first of every month. So I've written two articles. The other one is Break the Chains of Stinking Thinking. And listen, there are so many great writers in both of these areas, both on the online magazine and Daughter of Delight. Definitely, definitely check them out. Like you will be um, inspired and encouraged. And I think we all need a little bit of encouragement now. So happy 2023. Um, please subscribe if you feel the need to. I would love it. Um, and again, leave me a message. Let me know what you think and some topics that you would like to talk about. Um, if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, I would love to have you. I will put in my um, show notes as well the link to fill out the form 
to um, give me your idea on why you want to be on the podcast. So thank you. Happy New Year. And I will be talking to you soon.